Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast here at Union Grove Lumber Studios. To know more about the Shed Geek Podcast, visit us at shedgeek.com. And for all your lumber needs, call one of the team members at 704-539-5506 or visit us online at uniongrovelumber.com. All right, so welcome back to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast. And uh, here, back again in the Lone Star State. Um, welcome to Texas. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a lot of fun being down here in Texas. It's like my second home. Jeff, introduce yourself, uh, for those who don't know you, to the uh, audience. Mm, how much time do I have? <laughs> you got all, all the time you want, brother. Or, or which version? <laughs> um, I'm Jeff Trawick and currently president of the Mustard Seed Group. I had to get that in. I had to get that in. You're good now. Out of uh, Abilene, Texas, and we are RTO providers. Uh, to start at the top... Uh, I've got shout out to my my team. Uh, Kelly Cummins kind of heads up our uh, collections efforts. Wait a minute, we got one more in here. <laughs> we, we, can we can do this. We can do this all day. Yeah. Let me know when you need this one. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. And Terry Barnes, um, no pun intended. Uh, she's not Terry Sheds, but Terry Barnes. Uh, handles all of our b2c activities um christiane chetta handles all of our b2b uh, activities john powell our biz dev uh, head of state marcus familio and i never can pronounce that correctly <laughs> and i apologize marcus i i wish i could my tongue won't do it but Usually at the office, I call him Marcus Hallelujah, <laughs> and he seems to not mind. Um, and then there's Sam Benson. He is the he's the owner of uh, Mustard Seed Group. He's at the uh, ownership level, and he's who I answer to. Um, and he is our capital source. Uh, his his strong suit is um, finding uh, funds for whatever deals we might drag up on the table uh-huh. and so it's a, a nice uh, well well-rounded out team and sounds like a lot of yeah i'd love to meet all these people at some point we'll have to head down to abilene and i'd love to say hello and um now i'm wondering who i left out oh it's yeah we will never running through my mind i don't think i did yeah it's it's almost impossible to to always uh, say thanks in a in a way that you want to. Oh, Sam Roberts was he interned with us this summer. Shout out to Sam. Uh, he's a ACU student uh, in finance, and uh, matter of fact, he went back to school. I think Monday. Okay, but he's been helping us out. Very good. So I see your ads a lot. I really like your ads. Um, I had more than once. I've read that, and uh, it shines through in Mustard Seed Group. What a cool name because of, uh, you know, that's, uh, I would imagine, derivative of a Bible verse. As yep. You, you know, yep. so. That's that, right out of Matthew. Uh-huh. The Mustard Seed Parable, which I love, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, 
Sam, Sam, going back to Sam, he uh, he bought the uh, lease management services is actually the uh, DBA that we service our contracts through. Uh-huh. And he purchased the company back in 2011. And uh, I met him through the MBSRA several years ago at a meeting. I believe we were in Nashville. Okay. And we hit it off, and uh, I went to work with him in um, – 2019, is that what I told you last night? Yep, yep, that sounds right. Yeah, 2019. Guys, I had, the, I had the coolest experience getting to hang out at the Jeff Trawick Man Cave. <laughs> so <laughs> listeners should be jealous, I'm just saying. He kept me up till 1 o'clock, so I'm a little, <laughs> I'm just a little worn out Me and out you were chatty, that's the that's problem. True. Me and you were that's both true. chatty, so neither one of us know how to stop. Right. <laughs> I enjoyed it, and hopefully we'll we'll uh, we'll enjoy steak dinner and some more conversation tonight. How's that sound? Absolutely. Um, so, lots of folks are familiar with Mustard Seed Group. Lots of folks are familiar with Jeff Trawick. Uh, tell us something that we don't know. How did you get into the industry? You woke up one day and you said, "I want to run an RTO company." You followed your dreams and made it happen. Is that accurate? Actually, no. Okay. I bet there's a different story. <laughs> yeah, actually, no. I uh, probably got into it by accident, Shannon. Uh-huh. Um, by the way, is it is it Shannon Latham? It or, is. Or Latham Shannon? It's, 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 no, it's Shannon Latham with a, okay. a first name, Shannon. So, interesting story on that. I think you'll appreciate. My mom was going to name me Sean. Okay. So, it was going to be Sean Latham. Uh, my mom's a Helton. She's the only girl out of nine kids. So I grew up with a bunch of cousins, last name Helton. And I was like, why ain't I Helton? You know, she was the only girl. And uh, she was uh, she was married previously. And my half-brother was Helms. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure what's going on. Third, uh, let's see, the sixth child of my dad's third marriage. So we can get into all the family history and get Jerry Springer on here before too long. And <laughs> we'll go through all those details. But um my mom was going to name me sean sean latham was going to be it she was watching soap operas at the time and there was a show called general hospital you may remember i remember it and there was a guy on there named sean that she uh liked she followed that and she just liked the name and she said i'm gonna name my son that i like that name and that that character on the show she told me turned out to be a serial killer two weeks before i was born and she said i ain't naming no son of mine sean (laughs) no that wouldn't work that wouldn't work (laughs) so uh so i got stuck with the name shannon which is sort of a um i've even been teased on before you know the name the name shannon um oh it's a girl's name it's a boy's name it's this that and other so I've gotten used to it. I've never had a nickname that stuck. I always wish I'd have had a nickname. I'm opening myself up right now. You you? Are, As I say this are. right now, <laughs> I realize what I'm doing. So never wanted a nickname, like I was saying. Right. But uh, no, that's that's it. So it's it's Shannon. I'm sorry to, to no, go down those fine. rabbit holes, it's but fine. that's me and you all day long. I had uh, I got into it by accident. To get back to your your question i came to texas in 07 and met a yoder and i didn't even know what a lofted barn was yeah in 2008 some some people would still argue what is it yeah i, I, I may still barn? not know <laughs> um, 
But I found out what a lofted barn was and, and met a Yoder. And, and it turns out the Yoders are kind of like the Chinese, Shannon. There's Everywhere. lots of them. Yeah, there's lots of them. But they were having difficulty with their transportation department. And I was kind of contracting work at that time. Um, and he asked me, could I help him? I said, well, I have done that before. And long story short, was able to, uh, you know, get everything in order, uh, get the federal motor carrier satisfied and all the files in order. And then just one thing led to another. Uh, like I said, I learned uh, what a lofted barn was. Next thing you know, I was taking a ride with a driver just to see how they were delivered and set up. Uh, but I have a construction background, and, a, and I'm a very agrarian guy. Like, I grew up feeding Hereford and Charlotte cattle and in construction. So I can, even though I'm in rent to own, I can relate to the uh, shed hauler uh-huh. guys, you know, really well. I I didn't let my CDL go, for example, till six or eight years ago. Uh-huh. I held on to them for years because when I was young, we hauled a lot of heavy equipment. Uh-huh. And I finally got too many speeding tickets, and that seemed to be the easiest path forward. <laughs> you know, I just had to let them. The judge says, do you make a living with these driver's licenses? I said, no, sir. He said, well, why do you have them? I said, well, you never know when you might need, might need them. And he said, well, if I were you, I'd just turn them in. I said, because, you know, he explained to me what it was going to cost me. And I said, okay. So I turned them in. Uh, but that's how I got into it. Um, we... You know, it's just a progression. Uh-huh. One thing led to another, you know, in sales and just uh, growing our footprint. And then we decided to go together and uh, do some uh, rent to own. And that's kind of a, a precursor to where I am today. Uh, the Mustard Seed Group, let me back up and just say that I just got into it through through that uh, transportation uh-huh. avenue. How would a customer know what shed brand you sell? Of course, you and I work in the shed industry and can often spot a brand a mile away just by its colors, styles, and customizations. However, to most customers, all sheds are created equal, right? Wrong. You want the customer to know your shed brand. An Identigrow nameplate helps your customer with five key components every shed customer needs. Identity, information, authenticity, advertising, and ownership. Identigrow, helping identify your shed brand for over 20 years. I, through, through some of my historical journey in life, like through the communication story I told you about last night, we were, and to give the audience a little bit of background, my grandfather started putting up telegraph wire in the 40s, which is a neat story to me. I mean, it's just neat. Uh-huh. Telegraph wire and the whole Morse code. Uh-huh. Um, so, and then he did that till he died in 71, and then Dad did it his whole life. And I thought I was going to do it my whole life, but things changed. The very, uh, you know, federal program, the Rural Electrification Administration, you know, that was created in the, in the 30s, ended in 1996. And when that happened, the local exchange carrier, like if you're 
like I'm, I've got a half a century behind me. Uh-huh. And if you have a half a century behind you, you probably remember having a phone on your kitchen oh, yeah. wall. Well, my family was just a small, you know, portion of, of the reason you were able to have that, that my, phone on your wall. My daughter saw a rotary phone in an antique store when we were walking through one day and said, hey, I read about one of those in a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the phones today are certainly nothing. I said I used one of those. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, when that ended, about, you know, 70% of our work went away because we predominantly work for the rural uh-huh. local exchange carrier. Uh-huh. And so I had to find something else to do to shorten this up quite a bit. And that's how I found uh, the Shed World and Rent to Own. And and I learned a lot during that transition because I wound up working f- with a public company for several years in the uh, acquis- acquisition uh, area, uh-huh. if you will. Like what everybody was trying to do at the time, Shannon, was conquer the, the, uh, the capital challenge. Uh-huh. You know, and keeping up with uh, just being able to finance their business, grow their business, uh-huh. and maintain profitability. And in my lifetime, I don't want to get political, but in my lifetime, the winner here is our wonderful federal government. You know, since yeah. since 1965 to 2022, I'd say they've done pretty well. Yeah. yeah. And... You know, the value of the dollars, you know, plummeted from an actual dollar to, I don't know, three or four cents today. And we're dealing with that uh, in the in the public space, which is, you know, makes rent to own a, a really good option. Uh, it enables people to have things that they might not otherwise be able to have. Uh-huh. The idea of it is just what it sounds like. It's rent to own. The uh-huh. idea is for them to ultimately own this this yet uh-huh. and so it's just been a progression of what I learned in my younger life and then trying to apply that to different manufacturers and transportation groups that I've dealt with through the years and enable them to grow and uh-huh. and see you know their lives fulfilled and their families taken care of uh-huh. and, and so that part of it's been fun you know when you can when you have the ability to access the capital that's needed to conquer whatever challenges that's in front of you. And you see it ultimately bless, you know, those that you're serving. And, and you see, you know, you get that phone call that, you know, one of your employees paid off their home, uh-huh. you know, or, or we're able to buy a piece of land or something like that. That's, that's nice. You have so much, just through our conversations last night, so much history behind you outside of the third generation business that you were a part of. Um, a big part of your life has been rodeo. Yeah. A big part of your life has been, um, gosh, just just so much. But I, authenticity in terms of, like, you you remind me of, like, a cowboy. You, you said last night it was. That's fine. It was. I God. like that. It was God, and then it was. Well, there's Jesus, and then there's John Wayne. John Wayne, yeah, yeah. and Dad's <laughs> in there as well. So 
I, I, I like it. I've, I appreciate it about you because it comes across as very genuine. Um, and being where we're at and just hanging out with you, everything that uh, you're, you're like one of my fe- favorite people to hang out with so far. Thank you. Ev- everything is genuine that we experience. Well, I'm not, I'm not smart enough, Shannon, to put on a show. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I tell people too. I'm like, I can't fool people that like that. I'm, I better live transparent and, you know, just because it's, I'm not that slick. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't want to have to remember anything I've made up. Yeah. Just, just go day to day. Yeah. So, uh, what, what was it about rodeo? Well, I, going back to my communication days, I wound up getting hurt back in 87, busted my leg up pretty good. And cause I, you know, I grew up playing ball. Uh-huh. Well, when that happened, I mully grubbed around for a couple of years about it because, you know, I didn't sit the bench growing up. I was usually on the field and it was, it hurt my feelings. Uh-huh. But some of my friends were roping there at home and, I thought I could do that, and I won't need my feet. And so, again, one thing led to another. And we all, we had horses, or neighbors had horses, or friends had horses, and you know, same with the cattle. Everybody in that area um, had was just an agrarian lifestyle, and so it came natural. Uh-huh. And next thing you know, we were roping, you know, two or three nights a week or weekends and whatnot, and. And every time I had a minute off from work, I'd come out here to Texas. The first time I came to Texas was in 81, and I fell in love with it. And when I was traveling as a young man, like at different airports around the country, they would ask me if I was from Texas, and I'm actually from Florida. And so I finally just gave in and moved, and my heart is... Texas. Uh-huh. I love Texas. And, of course, I have a lot of family in Florida, and I love them as well. But it just fit, and it was a great way to raise the kids. They loved it. Uh, you know, James roped. He went to college on a roping scholarship. Well, nice. uh, my daughter, Beryl, raced. Uh, she missed the Nationals by one I may not even remember this correctly, but she made it to state, and she has an interesting story, and I know this is not what this is about, but she... Uh, uh, It's it's hard to not expand on family. It is, but she, her horse got hurt her senior year, and I had a rope horse that she used instead of her barrel horse, and she, instead of running barrels, she decided to calf rope. Well, long story short, she pulled herself up by her bootstraps, and... And wound up placing tenth. She was a few rodeos behind because her horse got hurt. She had to regroup, and she wound up placing tenth. Made it to state, and then she was basically one run away from making the nationals. And I was just real proud of her for coming back from a setback. Yeah, you know. So I don't know where I was going with all that. I get. Better to get lost in it. Yeah, it is. You know, I love my family. My one of the things I was sharing with you last night about rent to own. Most of my rent to own customers are my rent to own customers because of my wife. They uh, they love her pop tarts and her 
her cinnamon rolls. Fire, guys! If you have not been, uh, I don't remember the name of it. Baked bread and pastry cake. You have got to go. Yeah, my you, wife. If you're in Grant Granbury, yeah, Granbury, Texas, you have got to go because they have the most awesome cinnamon rolls. They have <laughs> some cool biscuits and gravy. And I think behind me it says. Yeah, I love you like bits. I and love gravy. you like That's biscuits kinda... and gravy, so that fits. Yeah, but some good, some good uh, coffee, and yeah, man, that that bakery is on point. Most of my, <laughs> most of my customers, most of our customers, know me as Chris's husband. Yeah, <laughs> they don't really know who I am. They just know that's Chris's lost their whole identity, yeah. didn't you? Well, I'll tell great. you what, that bakery is great, and, and thank you. Yeah, I, I felt at peace there. I think. That was the coolest thing is when I walked in there and I really felt you could just judge by the aura of walking in there. That's it's been it's been bathed in prayer and she's know. worked incredibly hard at it. Um through the you know, we've all dealt with COVID. Yeah. And then she decided and she's she's an has an incredible work ethic. So she thought she'd just go ahead and knock out cancer while she was at it. So we did that whole deal too. Mm-hmm. And she's good now. Yeah, we have uh we kind of bonded over that, yeah. In, in terms of, uh, yeah, what what we watched our wives go through, and I'll tell you what, I would say the same for mine. She's a trooper. She didn't complain. Um, I, I didn't see her through much of the chemo really complain about anything. Uh, we took our approach was this, Jeff. Um, don't get too too high up on good news, and don't get too low on bad news. Try to stay as center as possible. Because staying even keel, it really just worked for us. Now, it was easier for her. It was harder for me. Um, we've been together since I was 15. Mm-hmm. Um, married for 22 years. And, and I've tried to mess that up hundreds of times. Trust me. Um, <laughs> with when, And failed every time. I understand. Um, and she is just a rock. She's just, uh, she, she slowed me down, but in a good way when I was young. Um, and I'm still learning. She still makes all the right decisions when they're big events, and I always make the wrong ones, it seems. One of these days I'll learn to listen to her, she says. But uh, just a really solid woman. I'll tell you what got me, and this isn't, I don't know if this is fit for the podcast, if this is where we're going, it, it, it is. But what I remember is we had a routine, a husband and wife, you go lay down, go to sleep, you know, we always, hey, you ready for bed? Go to bed at the same time. Um, she she loves to crochet. She might read a book or whatever, but we go to bed at the same time. And there was a moment there during the chemo where she was sleeping in the living room because it's more comfortable to sleep in the chair. And I would settle her, her in for the night and then go lay in bed. You lay in bed and it's lonely. Big old king bed, you lay mm-hmm. there by yourself. It doesn't really affect you until it's about four nights in a row. Yeah. And on the fourth night, something hit me and said, what if this was permanent? And just overcome with grief. Yeah. I got up out of the bed and I walked in there and I laid down next to her in the floor. She was in the chair and I said, I just want to be here beside you. Close to you. Because I don't want the thought of that becoming a reality. So that I don't know if that's a place for today. Yeah. The podcast and rent tone, but I'll tell you what, I think it it shifted. It shifted something in us just to enjoy that. And the next day (laughs) sorry. The next day she came to bed. The next night, and I know she didn't want to be there. She wasn't as comfortable. I think she just wanted to make me feel right. better. And I thought, wow, why? So I owe her a lot, and I haven't given her nearly enough, I promise you. I hear you. So. My wife, 
Shannon. She she's the way I describe her along those lines is she's she's happy when I go out of town uh-huh. for one night, and she's okay with two. But if I'm not home the third night, she's yeah. not real happy about it. We live a very <laughs> we live a somewhat of a similar life, and here. I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah, after a few nights, it gets it just gets to where you're like, I'm ready to be home. It doesn't matter what cool things you're doing either. You know, I'm here in this very cool store. We'll, we'll get some video footage just to show you guys how cool this is. We're here at the brand room at the Fort Worth Stockyards. And, Jeff, you want to give a shout-out? Like, who's the who's the owner here at the brand room? Dawn Stubbs. And she was so gracious to let us have our uh, podcast here. And so, shout out to her. Thank you find you yourself it. in Fort Worth, come by here. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out. This place is beautiful. It is. It's cool. <laughs> it's, it's a cool place to hang out. feel like you're in Texas when you're here, there's no doubt. And, you know, just going back, Shannon, to, you know, the, the our setting here is full of branding irons. And, and to go back to the cowboy theme and mustard seed and all those things, you know, I'm kind of a ride for the brand kind of guy. And so when, you know, when you, when you sign up to, you know, to on a ranch in Texas to work or, you know, you, you ride for the brand as if you own it. Uh-huh. And that's kind of how I try to approach, you know, our, our business relationships, you know, kind of since you're all in uh-huh. and with mustard seed and then the whole uh, mustard seed parable, our goal is to obviously look for fertile soil or good soil to invest in or to plant in our our little mo is to plant nurture harvest you know plant nurture harvest and you can do all that but if you don't do it in good soil you're not going to get much of a yield yeah and so you know we're not looking to sign up just anyone in this in the 21st century there's a lot of different models out there there's uh-huh. uh and I'm not to get into any names, but there's big box stores, there's online stores that, you know, you can buy stuff and never talk to anyone. And those are, I think they have their place. Uh-huh. I know I have those accounts, and for a few staples in my life, I sit there on the couch and replenish our closet. But when you're making a purchase, a significant purchase, or a purchase that's going to be in your on your property, that you can, that matters, what it looks like, uh-huh. whether it's pretty or not, uh-huh. uh, you know, you want to you want to get a little bit more involved in that, I believe, than an online purchase. And I know there's a lot of guys out there that would argue that. And there's been a, there's been a lot of sheds that are sold over online that, you know, and it just shows up in their yard. Uh, there's some challenges with that, but I'm sure that everyone in the space will get that ironed out eventually. But we're just we're just looking for. Uh, the the type of manufacturer that cares about their brand, uh-huh. rides for their brand, um, loves their community, and wants to create a sustainable environment for their community that they can nurture over time. I'm not looking to be. Uh, we're not looking at Mustard Seed Group. We're not looking to uh, be all things to all people. Uh-huh. So, but if you go to our website, it's Mustard Seed GRP. Dot com. We don't know why it's GRP, but it's GRP.com. But, uh, I'm, and assume, you can, I'm assuming there was a mustard seed group domain. Obviously. Taken. <laughs> obviously. 
<laughs> but you can go there and see that, you know, we're we're a boutique Mitchamon outfit. You know, we we we're it's a it's a high touch uh, relationship based uh-huh. operation, you know. Uh-huh. We have a lot of fabulous clients and 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 they're and they're not with us just for the pop tarts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have an awesome rent to home program that it's different. I'm not going to get into it uh-huh. here. You can call me. That's a good reason to you call. You can you can yeah, com and and look us up info at mustardseedgrp.com uh-huh. and 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 John Powell our business dev guy will tell you all about it. Or I will as well or any 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 of our team will. But we we uh we we like the relationships and and that that pace. We have to be it's like I was telling you last night. When you look at the financial side of it and you're in the rent to own business, you know, back in the early two thousands was kind of the salad days or the startup phase of the RTO world being in involved in the shed world. I can remember when manufacturers didn't have rent to own. Uh-huh. And those that did, you know, we were, you know, hauling papers around. Uh-huh. At, at best, you know, if you had a dealer with a fax machine, you were really doing well. Well, you know, it's changed tremendously sure. in the last however many, 15 years, however many years that's been. And a lot of, in a lot of good ways. Uh, but for the RTO programs to, to, to be worthwhile, everyone thinks that rent to own is incredibly lucrative. And you could probably argue that in the early days it was because in the early day everything has a beginning, middle, and end. And in the beginning, there's typically a lot of risk. But if you, if you can manage it well, there's quite a bit of return because risk and reward are always going to be pretty relevant yeah. for the most part. They might get off a point or two by the season, but – they're going to realign themselves. Well, early in the early in the stages of that of that development, you know, things were pretty good. Well, what's happened now is everyone has that wants rent to own has it, and so it so, becomes such a competitive space. It is. You know, it was easy to sell early on, and I've I've quoted, and I think he said it on the show one time before, Phil Carcelawe always told me he said I thought I was a good salesman, right because I was selling RTO and I was exposed when I started selling something different, I realized I was just at a a tipping point where everyone needed it. Yeah. Back then it was like just feeding the hungry. Right. Right. So now you've got all of these competitive programs and most people know because an RTO provider will most likely show up and knock on your door. Hello from your friends at RTO national. I would like to take a minute to talk about the upcoming shed builder expo in Richmond. Last year in Grand Rapids, we had a record turnout brought on several new dealer partners, and enjoyed great conversations with many awesome people from the industry. As great as last year's expo was, we are super excited about Shed Builder Expo 2022. RTO National's owner and president, Phil Falls, will be in attendance and presenting at 9 a.m. Wednesday morning. Our chief sales and marketing officer, Richard Mashburn, will be out front and center engaging with dealers looking to become preferred dealer partners. In the booth, We have live demos of our industry-leading dealer management system for both shed and carport. Also, our full sales staff will be on hand to answer any questions you may have. So if you're looking to become a dealer partner, 
or just have a good, friendly conversation about the industry, stop at our booth directly across from the entrance and check us out. Safe travels, and see you there. A couple times a year Mm -hmm. are those that have reps or those that are attempting to grow, and there's some... I don't know it. I've, I've experienced it. I've worked in it. I understand, you know, I've contemplated the idea of, um, helping use it to fund the show, you know, to, to get into it just for that reason to to help fund and, and maybe not go out and try to compete on a national brand. I don't even know if that's available anymore. Well, you know, most, the grass always looks greener, Shannon. Yeah. It always does. It doesn't. there's a guy I know that says the grass is greener under me. That's the way I look at mentality. At yeah. My mentality is wherever I go, I'm going to try and create the green grass. <laughs> it takes a it takes an incredible amount of money. You know, in the early days, yeah. it was all about Uncle Joe and cousin Jim. Yeah. You know, and fam, fam, friends and family funds. Well, you know, the first problem we ran into was running out of money. Yeah. And so later on, internally. In, inside of our space, you know, we started reaching out to some institutional capital and just happened to find some that kind of advanced the ball down the field for a few more years. And now, you know, now what's happening in the space is, you know, everyone's looking for that yield. And so you have a lot of uh, outside uh-huh. entities uh, looking and coming in. And, pers- and there's been several purchases in the last few years, a reshuffling of the deck, if you will. Um, you know, there's been several companies that have sold. Several uh, companies have bought other companies inside the space. It's, there's there's companies been purchased with outside capital. So the space is developing nicely. Uh, you asked me last night what I loved about the space. I love lower middle market stuff, and and this is where this is. Like it's not that much fun to do startups because, like I said last night, there's a lot of diapers to change. Yeah. Well, once once with that beginning, middle, and end deal, like I, I would tell you that the, the rent-to-own shed space, for me at least, is, you know, it's maturing. We, we've changed all our dirty diapers. We've kind of had our civil wars, if you will, and, and it's starting to mature into a really productive space. And so everyone's, I believe, trying to figure out what model, who they want to be, uh-huh. what they want to represent what they want their brand to look like, who they want to partner with, is it the right partner. So there's there's just a lot of discussions right now going on around around that. We're nowhere near mature. Yeah. But we're becoming more and more organized and, and, and like we discussed last night as well, you know, there's a lot of software entering the space. Uh-huh. And through that people are able to uh, collect data from the, the use of those softwares to make better decisions and so you know that's kind of what's happening right now and there's a there's a lot of and you know sheds have been around forever and they and they'll continue to be you know it's shelter uh the rent to own portion of it is great uh for the shed industry but a lot of manufacturers now are building tiny homes uh-huh. uh they're they're building living living quarters well you look at look outside of our space at the housing market to touch on the value of the dollar we talked about a few moments ago and what's going on with outside forces guess what now there's a huge demand for tiny homes and and that hadn't just started it's been going on for years but 
And so the struggle there again is there's kind of a there's kind of a breath for everything under the sun, right? You know, and it's the same with dollars. There's a dollar for every activity under the sun and but the dollar for rent to own doesn't necessarily fit the dollar for traditional finance. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Every dollar has a different uh-huh. definition. You know, you you've, you've said this. I've heard you say this, and you've heard it. You can't stand by the same river twice. Uh-huh. Well, you can't spend the same dollar twice. Uh-huh. It's always a different one or the next one. And so, you know, as you look at that, and you're you know you're trying to figure out where everyone's going to go or what everyone's going to do there's good news and the good news is there's room for everyone there's uh at the end of the day whether it's a price point model or a quality or quality and service model whatever someone chooses how to serve their community there's there's room for that i I was telling you last night there's a verse in proverbs that says your gift will make room for Uh and so there's a lot of comfort in that for me for example, that's that verse always spoke to me. There's room for you to to serve because that's what we're supposed to do anyway is serve one another. You would say that we're a long ways away from saturation because well, you hear a lot of people talk about the bubble pop. When's the bubble pop? When do sheds quit selling? I, I think the answer to that is wrapped up in a lot of your precursor here in acquisition. I don't think it's as much as saturation and the bubble popping as much as it is maturity. And what happens is you have bigger players um, want to move further into the space. And you have, and it's not always bigger players, more hungry players that want to move into the space further. And you have some that just look at it as a living. I'll tell you a story. Dad called me during COVID. I wound up getting it most everyone else, and he called a check on me. He said, what do you think about this pandemic? Dad's going to be 80 this year. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, Dad. When God uh, created us, he didn't put us in a skyscraper. He put us in a garden. And so I share that story with you. You know, yeah, we everyone went and bought a shed during COVID because – Everyone was at home, and uh-huh. Mama said she wanted one. Uh-huh. We're going to fix up the place. But what you have now, or a lot of what you have now, is there's a lot of metro urban people moving out to rural America, at yeah. least trying to, yeah. which is kind of hijacking our real estate around here. But the point is, is you know they're going to they're looking for five, ten, twenty acres, and uh-huh. they're going to want a shed. You know, people in apartments don't want sheds. But if you have any land at all, you're going to want a shed. And I can remember some of the guys I've dealt with over the years in the shed space. And it's just, it goes back to the telecom where you're always worried about where your end is. Well, when you pass the generation and you're into the next generation of selling the same product, you're like, okay, this can go on. You know, this can go on from generation to generation. And the truth of the matter is there, there, it, it can and then the population's always growing, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it, it does. And talking with Stephen Byler, we, we were kind of talking about that second and third generation business and how challenging it can be. And there's a lot of guys that's in this space that um, 
just grew up building sheds or dad hauled sheds, you know, um, was involved in the shed industry in one form or fashion. And they got to the point to where uh, they'd done it because, but that was it. There was nothing after because. They'd done it because. It was usually because it's what my dad did. Or yeah. Because it's this. But they didn't have the passion to do it or whatever. That's where I think I always likened it to the, the baseball card market. You maybe have heard me say this before. Um, supply and demand. You know, that, cre- that, that creates so much of what I see as, like, the future um, baseball cards. We, we grew up both playing baseball. We talked about yeah. that. And a lot of good guys whenever we was growing up, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., Ozzie Smith, Ryan Sandberg. We were mm-hmm. talking about all these guys, right? But to get a baseball card in the 80s was, was easy. It was the junk market card, you know, card market where nostalgia had set in in the 80s for guys who had grown up with Mickey Mantle cards. I just saw where the day before yesterday – Mickey Mantle card sold for $12 million. Most I'm expensive most expensive baseball card. It was graded at a 9.5, which kind of surprised me because I would have expected it was just a 10. But um, but see, that would have been a million dollars in 1970. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so, it's so wild for me to, to think about something like that. But, uh, but the, the point being the nostalgia set in, and I can remember my mom talking about, oh, yeah, we had all those cards. We threw them in bike spokes, and, you know, we got rid of them. Like, they would just buy the, for the bubble gum. <laughs> it didn't want the cards. I remember. <laughs> so she um, she said they would throw them out all the time. Well, that, that created the nostalgia because the supply was low, demand was high, these cards become valuable. So everybody said, oh, with new cards, they'll be valuable too, and card sharks – learned i can go out and sell these things and you could get you know 40 different cards of king griffey jr in the 80s or 90s no problem right. so supply wasn't low what they ended up doing was slowing it down to where only certain manufacturers now this is probably with some kind of oversight i'd hate to say government oversight because i hope not but some kind of oversight basically said we've got to slow down the supply and demand right now if you go try to get cards you buy cards or uh, one or two manufacturers make them Instead of having 50 manufacturers out there putting them out, they increase the value. So cards are actually valuable again. That that junk market card in the 80s and 90s, I still see them selling stockpiles of them that they saved. Is that right? Thinking it would be worth a lot of money for years. I think, so what am I saying with that is if you liken that to the shed industry, I think that eventually the, the long-term hungry players stay in for the long haul. And that's where acquisition comes in. That's where, uh, same, it's in RTO also in, in sheds. So. Yeah, there's a lot of people that get in a particular space early, and you can look at that like a long weekend of fun. Yeah. And they, they want to get in while the margins are good. But as soon as there's work involved or, you know, things yeah. tighten up a little bit, at the end of the day, you have the people, you're going to have the people that love the space and, and want to be in the space. Yeah. And so we're just on a, you know, march toward that end. What drives you to it? What drives you to the shed industry? Um, there's, I try to keep everything positive on the show. Uh, rising tide lifts all boats, create a bigger pie, create a bigger market share so we can all eat a little bit better. I have experienced the opposite of that. 
and many people have told me, you'll experience that in any industry. Uh, so that does exist. The negative side of things do exist. But what are the positive things that bring? It's the family, the faith, the relationships that you develop, develop through this. Um, for me, it's just obedience is greater than sacrifice, right? Just right. just following Lord's will and saying, okay, I'll go even if it don't make sense. Or I'll, I'll say this or not say that if it doesn't make sense. Far from perfect. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Um, walking in, in perfection by any means, but I try to listen and I, well, I, I, never, wrong. I would have never met you. That's right. Yeah. And I've met a ton of people yeah. in the last decade plus of yeah. fun, wonderful people. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun to share my life with them. Yeah. Yeah. No, we sat and talked about our, just our testimonies last night together. And that was, uh, those are the coolest parts. You know, they are. Those are the coolest parts of, of what we get to do. And I think there are a lot of like-minded people in this industry who have a desire to get along. I think that overshadows. Hope has to overshadow the rest, right? It does. I, one thing I can, you've heard this said, Shannon, it's not, it's not, and I may get this wrong, but it's not necessarily what you do for someone that they remember. It's what they remember is how you made them feel. Yes. And that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. I, you know, I've, I'm older now, you know, from, and so I'm not, I'm not the same guy as I was in my twenties yeah, and thirties. And so, you know, the kids are grown, whole deal. The grandbabies are coming on, but it's just, so my, I've worked on my listening skills over the years. And that's all I'm saying. I've tried to uh, be a good listener because if you can, if you can be a good listener, Chances are you're going to actually hear, you know, what the challenge is, and then you can maybe take some prior experience that you've had in your life and kind of help them through, you know, where they are at the time. Yeah. Uh, so. Where do you think it's uh, – we kind of talked about where you came from, where it's at. Where do you think it's going? What do you? What is your, your crystal ball? I kind of ask everybody, what's the crystal ball – tell you for the shed industry where it's hidden well we touched on this earlier there's room for everyone there's going to be several different models Uh you know i look at the auto industry a lot because it's old older it's mature Uh it's probably the better word they have you know they have their capital they have their manufacturing they have their sales they have their service everything we have transportation and so I kind of look at that, and I encourage everyone in our space to look at that mm-hmm. when they try and solve the current dilemma. But everyone's going to pick a spot. They're going to they're going to pick a model that they want that that makes them feel good about what they represent. That's what they're going to do. And depending on th- their perspective is probably the path they're going to go down um but all that's going to happen is it's just going to continue to mature you know the 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 capital's going to become more intelligent the operations are going to become more fine-tuned it's going to run more efficiently and and hopefully you know a lot of industries and especially in the U.S. you know ultimately wind up going corporate and lose some of their uh, hometown feel and touch uh-huh. hopefully 
that'll be a long way down the road, and maybe it'll never happen. I don't know. I like that. I've always kind of missed that local economy, that and the and the and the vibe that that provided. Uh, I think a lot of what develops in business is because of our governing bodies. Kind of that's kind of the only path forward of survival uh-huh. is is under that you know whatever model that uh, it's how they regulate it. Uh-huh. But, you know, one thing I'll speak to, Shannon, you know, we when we a few years ago, it was pretty much all a T-111 shit, for yeah. example. Well, it, it, you know, a lot of that moved towards they're, they're fancier. You know, they're painted. A lot of that was done to um, uh, satisfy HOA. Yeah, um, enhance the aesthetics. Yeah, and, 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 the, and the ladies so. like, they're, they're prettier. They're prettier sheds, but at the end of the day, it's it's a shed, and so you know what I'm seeing is I'm, I'm actually seeing a lot of manufacturers leaving that and going to the t- tiny home path. But there's going to be a lot of people that stay in that in that shed space too. Isn't it interesting that we service both markets? So the tiny home market is a minimalist, and I, I've mentioned this before, but it's sort of a an idea of living minimalistically with less. It is. And storage sheds offer the opposite. bulk. Yeah. They offer storage for excess. It's kind of clever that we get to service both markets. It is. But it requires different buckets of money. Yes. Uh, you know, some 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 rent-to-own companies have uh, financial divisions. They have... Uh, the ability to do traditional finance and rent to own and to do any kind of financial product you want. Uh, mustard seed is just, is currently just focused on rent to own uh-huh. and the shed business. It's been a good business. We, we, we do a lot of other stuff too. We do a lot of stuff outside the shed space. Uh, sheds is a, just a portion of what we do, but our, our comfort zone and our strong suit uh, is sheds uh-huh. in the, for the rent-to-own portion of our business. You were part of the founding um, members, if I understand correctly, of like the NBSRA, or or at least heavily involved. Well, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I've been at all of them. Uh, it's, uh, that's been a journey, and but yeah. I wouldn't call me a founder, um, but I've, I've been supportive of it uh, ever since the beginning. And continue to, you know, talking about life cycles, you know, the MBSRA is a great we, – we used to go to the APRO conference back in the day and kind of coattail them because it's a concern, you know, what happens in Washington can affect us, uh, whether no matter whether we're manufacturers or transportation or, or financial – and so you want to keep an eye on that. You want to look after your space, your uh-huh. your 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 business. And so the MBSRA was a good good thing. Um, it has served well, but they're they they're beyond their salad days. They're beyond uh, you know they're at a they're at a chapter where they're going to have to move into the next era so to speak, and uh, continue to mature and continue to serve. And 
Uh, God knows I love Philip. I I said I told you last night I was going to stay away from uh, names and brands, but but, <laughs> but he's a he's a sweetheart. Yeah, uh, he I loved him ever since the day I met him and enjoy him and and appreciate yeah. what he does and what he has done for absolutely. Our, for our I got a chance to meet him in Cincinnati, and that was an experience that I remember specifically. Uh, we were eating in downtown Cincinnati, but I've talked to him since and i know his heart for prison ministry i admire you know i've talked about hebrews 13 3 before and yeah so it, yeah i think he's uh it's just a i think sweetheart's a good word he's just a he super is. nice guy to be around don't be mad about that Phil. hey this is kyle from sheds4sale.com let's talk about bounce rate did you know that each website measures the amount of visitors who navigate or leave a website after viewing only one page an average bounce rate, according to SEMrush.com, is 41 to 55%, meaning if you keep just half the people from leaving once they get on, you're doing pretty well. Did you know that SheddsForSale.com's bounce rate is anywhere from 10 to 15%? That means for every 9 in 10 people that visit us, they continue on to another page, which means we have what people want. Are you on SheddsForSale.com? If not, you should be. SheddsForSale.com. Your customers will meet you there. Yeah, <laughs> well tell you what um is there i asked a question one time is there such thing as finding fault in someone who's too kind you know there's nothing better than find coming across somebody who's kind and um he's certainly a kind kind person i've i've met a lot of those guys jeff in this industry so i I appreciate that i i look for the welcoming opportunity to sit down like we did today Uh, break bread you know Go to a bakery. I don't have to come in and compete with people. I can put some of that stuff to the side and look for a bigger opportunity. I keep saying, let's make this market bigger and more established for the shed industry, and I'd love to be a part of that process as it grows. I want to touch on the mustard seed portion of that. You know, our goal is to, you know, the mustard seed's the smallest of seeds. Uh But when it's grown it can provide shade to many. And so that's, you know, what we want to do. We want to enable, we want to be able, be able to provide shade for many. And obviously it's financial, but that's kind of the idea. Because the more people we can serve, the better. You know, that, that just, the more lives that we can touch um, in a positive manner, the better. That's why I love your ads, man. The ad that you put out is, uh, it's real. It's raw. I love it. If they want to find out more, uh, again, Mustard Seed GRP. Mustard Seed Group, obviously, yeah. but it's GRP. We don't know why, but it's yeah. MustardSeedGRP.com. And then everyone, you know, that I named, if you go back and listen to the podcast, it's their first name at MustardSeedGRP.com. I'm Jeff at Seed. GRP.com, John is as well, everyone is. Um, there's an info through our website yeah. as well. And reach out to us. We'd love to um, see if we can provide solutions to uh, the challenges that you face. And it's, a, it's an incredibly holistic program. In other words, we don't look at it just like as an RTO product. You know, I want to know the owner of the business, I want to know what his goals and dreams are because uh-huh. there's a pathway there. And what we try to do, I will share this, is try to create uh, 
try to find out what his end goal is. Uh-huh. Because uh-huh. if we know what his end goal is, we can create a path to get yeah, there. Yeah, it's measurable. You can you can scale to it. Yeah, I don't want to just you know get a phone call and just sign people up and yeah. and it's not you know I'm just. You know, in the old days, there was a lot of that going on, sure. and and I'm I was guilty of that as well because, like you said, it was a Free like feeding all. the hungry. Yep. You know, everybody wanted it, but yep. now it's just becoming a little more. Um, there needs to be a little bit more thought put into yep. uh, what what it what it really is and what its purpose is. Yeah. Like for example, going back to risk and reward relevance, you know, there's a reason why there's a down payment and security deposit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's a reason for that. And you can you can run specials and ads and one payment down and things like that, but at the end of the day, that doesn't get the ownership part of it done. And then that creates a big churn, and, and while some of that is almost required uh-huh. because of the um, – and I tell my staff, I mean, there's a certain amount of it required just to satisfy the IRS, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, to show that we're not a credit facility. But, you know, too much of that is not good. And, you know, ultimately we want the consumer to end up owning the product. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have uh, gained lots of knowledge. I suspect that had I met you previously, I would have uh, – signed up for your RTO program, that wouldn't have been a problem for me just based off of the fact that you're such a uh, relationship guy. I would encourage others to call you. I would encourage them to, that's the thing, call. Call and message and talk to somebody because you don't know. Answers no if you don't. Right. Answers no if you don't. So you, you sometimes you might find that in the mature space that you're not right for each other, but you build a friendship. Right, and that's I've happened. done that so many times in this industry. I'm never going to work for or with that person, probably. It's kind of like we're, this. We're friends. It's kind of like this situation, Shannon. You know, I'm honored to be on this podcast, and I'm incredibly honored to be on your last podcast <laughs> because I'm it's no all I'm no good at this. And once you have me on here, you know, it's over. So it's all downhill from here. I don't believe it for a minute. I encourage the callers to uh, to call, build a relationship, and get to know you, even if they don't um, ultimately work with you. And if they do, even better. Um, I know that you're just uh, the conversations we had last night, man. Good, honest dude. Uh, I love the cowboy aspect of it. Uh, we talked about uh, you had prayed for me one time. You're the first person to pray for me. We pray on the podcast all the time. You're the first person in one of our original phone calls that said, hey, I want to pray for you right now, and you prayed for me. I've never had that happen. Well, we're all going to talk to God eventually, every yeah. one of us. And I'm <laughs> I'm of the school, just, you know, let's just get on with it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, all hearts clear, I guess. Uh, anything else that you'd want to uh, share? You know, the audience is, is uh, pretty measurable at this point, between 600 to 1,000 people uh, per episode. So, and these are shed folks. So what what do you what Absolutely. would you want to say? Well, I thought about that. I kind of knew you were going to ask that from listening to your prior podcast, and and I could say that you know love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbors yourself. But I don't want to say that because everyone knows that, right? Right. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbors yourself. The two greatest commandments. So obviously. I would want to say that. I think that's the most important thing I can say. To say something 
cute or or to to try to uh, create some critical thinking in the space as we mature as a space as everyone matures and working together probably a good takeaway for me to share other than what I just did was you know just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it you know just because you can do just because you have the ability to move in a direction or uh, to do anything doesn't mean you should you know ask yourself first of all ask yourself will it honor the lord uh-huh. and if, if if you can check that box then proceed merrily but you know in any life cycle as you're trying to mature going just relating it to teenagers you know you make mistakes and you make mistakes by not thinking by not uh, asking yourself the right questions and so you know what I would say to everyone is, um, yeah, just just because you can do something, don't you know? Doesn't, doesn't mean you should. There's a John Bevere book called "Good or God." I always liked. He said, "Is it good or is it God?" He talked yeah. about being in a conference, and he said, "When when did uh, Eve uh, eat the fruit? When she saw it was what good, not God." So I always liked that that book. Yeah. But um, you care to. Uh, just a prayer for the industry, um, and I want to say you, 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 the accolades I appreciate. But hey, I appreciate having you uh, sit down at the mic with me, and I encourage others too. And was it as bad as you thought it would be? It was worse. <laughs> I'm going to kill Nick Gerard. <laughs> we got to when edit. I see him. We got to edit that right out. Yeah, of here. <laughs> he he wanted me to do. He asked me to, would I consider doing this? And I'm just not a public guy, but you know. I said yes to it because it, it is uncomfortable. And I, I always, you always want to grow. You always yeah. want to stretch yourself. And so that's certainly what I'm doing. Most people today. tell me I don't want to say um or this or that. And I always tell them, you say all those things now daily. Everyone you work in with business hears all that stuff already. It won't change. Do I want to hear this playback or no? You, you'll criticize yourself. I'm sure. You can't help but criticize yourself. I don't sound like that. Why did I say that? I don't talk like that all the time. Once you once you realize that that's the same things that you do in daily life, it's no different. That's how you come across to people anyway. So sitting down here doesn't change anything. What I actually see people do when they sit down is they go, <clears throat> okay, um, and then they get real serious. And it's, it's I'm going to change, and I'm going to be everything opposite right. of what I am daily. Get that out of your head. Yeah. Do what you do daily because that's what people see. Well, hopefully that's what happens. Well, I'll tell you what, I think it's good enough. I've earned a friend <laughs> with you and uh, certainly appreciate you being on hey, the show. Hey, everyone at Most Receive appreciates what you do. I was excited when, I, again, I didn't want to participate, but when I saw that there was someone doing this, I thought it was awesome because we need to communicate with one another. So our hat's off to you. We love what you're doing. Oh, well, thank you for that. That's, I take that with a, a dose of humility. You know, I'm a pretty humble guy. I don't know if you know that. I'm probably yeah. the most humble guy I, I know. But, uh, <laughs> we're getting it's off the rails. Yeah. You're right. It might yeah. be the last show. Yeah. You want to just uh, you want to pray over the industry. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Father, thank you for another day. Thank you for another try. Um, thank you for this time for uh, Shannon and I to sit down and 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 kind of discuss 
our professional lives. I, I want to lift up the whole industry to you, Father, and I want to ask you to guide our tongues and our hands and our feet. Uh, I pray that you would give us discernment and wisdom in the decisions that we make daily in our businesses and our companies for our vendors and for our employees and just just everyone involved. I know, Father, I'm thankful for, for this space and for you allowing me to serve uh, everyone that I've been fortunate enough to serve. And I just ask that you bless them all today, bless their families, and uh, especially ask that you bless Shannon and his family and undergird him and and uh, support him as he uh, uses the gifts that you gave him to to bring us all together and to help us communicate with one another and uh, create value that hopefully, Lord, that you're pleased with at the end of the day. We thank you so much for for all that. Most of all, we thank you for your son that we might have eternal life with you. And uh, we pray and ask all this in his name on the count of his blood. Amen. Amen. Appreciate you, brother, being here today. Thank you for having me. Yes, I hope it. I hope it's not your last show. No, I think we're good. I've enjoyed <laughs> it so much. We're gonna have to go hat shopping or something while we, I'm down here. I plan to take you down the street here. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast. This is Mo Lunsford of Union Grove Lumber. We would like to welcome you to the Union Grove Lumber Studios. Hey, we're this year's studio sponsor. And this is your host, Shannon Latham. Here at the Shed Geek Podcast, we give you education you can use and entertainment you need.